Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession in Actus. I'm Carla Accordo, an editor and product coordinator for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Conversations with Carla series. In every episode of this series, I'll be joined by a guest who's behind one of our most popular and exciting Actus educational offerings to share their expertise. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Don Valdez, RN, LNC, CCDS, CDIP, a CDI education specialist for HC Pro and Actus based in Middleton, Massachusetts. Don serves as a full-time instructor for CDI boot camps and a subject matter expert for Actus. She has more than 25 years of experience in the healthcare industry, including ICU nursing, legal nurse consulting, CDI clinical education, as well as CDI management. Welcome, Don. Today, Don and I will be chatting about onboarding and training new CDI specialists, as well as an exciting project Don's been working on. However, before we jump into our topic, a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by the 2023 Actus Pocket Guide. The Actus Pocket Guide contains more than 75 conditions, each with detailed clinical definitions, diagnostic criteria and treatment protocols, coding considerations, provider tips, CDI critical thinking tips, and additional references. Co-written by Lori Prescott, Actus Interim Director and CDI Education Director, and Dr. James Manns, a practicing physician steeped in the latest physician documentation terminology, the 2023 Actus Pocket Guide offers the latest information that CDI professionals need to know, including fiscal year 2023 guidelines, 2022 coding clinics guidance, COVID-19 related updates, an updated MSDRG table, and updated severity of illness values for comorbid conditions offering impact. Use the link in today's show notes to pre-order your copy of the 2023 Actus Pocket Guide today. Thanks again for joining us today, Don. I'm really excited to sit down with you and discuss onboarding and training in the CDI space. Seems like everywhere I turn today, I'm seeing another job posting for a CDI specialist or within a CDI department. What do you think is driving all of these openings and this growth in the profession? That's a really good question. And thanks for having me here, Carla. Um, you know, I really think that the pandemic is driving a lot of things, even though we're seeing less of the acuity that we used to in the beginning. Uh, a lot of people left the roles of nurses. So for the clinical side of things, I think they're coming in as new CDI specialists, but I think the pandemic really opened up the platform for that to happen, what, no matter what background you come from, just being new CDI specialist, um, because I think a lot of people realized how much clinical documentation matters to the bottom line for the health of an institution. Absolutely. And like you said, we've been hearing about so many people leaving medicine due to the pandemic or leaving practicing medicine due to the pandemic. I hadn't thought about, you know, the fact that they're not leaving healthcare entirely. They might be pursuing other avenues within healthcare, such as CDI. Yeah. Do you think the pandemic sort of, oh, no, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, on the coding side as well, you know, there's been a lot of job opportunities out there where they're hiring in mass, you know, like we need 50 coders, 80 coders. I've seen a lot of different ads like that. And I just think that things are shaken up a little bit um, by the, the pandemic. 
and it's creating some some broader openings for people. Definitely, definitely. I can see how that would be that would be possible. What are some of the challenges you think CDI departments are facing, um, whether it's with bringing on all of these new people at the same time, whether it's you know challenges in terms of volume or just challenges associated with any time you need to onboard a new CDI specialist? That's another good question. And, you know, the specialty of CDI, of clinical documentation, is really a little different than others because the onboarding process can be a matter of weeks or months. You know, an organization is not going to have six months to allow someone to train. However, CDI is best learned in layers because of the massive volume of, of conceptual knowledge and clinical knowledge and coding knowledge. The risk adjustment, risk management types of things with compliance, all of those things are factored into CDI. So one of the challenges with onboarding, you know, you have to separate them between new CDI specialists who are just coming in for the first time and then experienced CDI specialists. So for the new ones, you know, they, it, CDI is best taught in layers. So you add the foundation. If you got a really strong foundation, then you can go and layer upon that over time. Because for a new CDI specialist, it's probably for the average person going to take maybe a year, year and a half before they really start feeling like they're in their competence level you know, and they feel comfortable in their role. But every year that you're in CDI, you're always learning. So it's then it's just the continuation of the things you need to stay on top of. When you're an experienced CDI, you may or may not have had a good foundational base as training. Not everybody has had the opportunity of having you know, really good education, especially if they started in CDI, you know, five, 10 years ago, even longer, you know, we didn't know as much back then as we do now. So there's still that component of layering that education and making sure that everything is um, adequate. Sure. Yeah, that that makes sense, um, especially where CDI is so nuanced. I, based on our conversations, I know that there's always so much so much more to learn, even when you think you've got it all. I remember when I first started editing CDI books, there was a hugely steep learning curve. There's so much terminology to know. Um, and then I had the disadvantage of not having a clinical background. I'm an editor, so I didn't have any of the clinical knowledge to help with my understanding. Do you think uh, those who are entering CDI from a clinical background is their onboarding process a little bit different than maybe those who are coming from a coding background or some other background? Or do we typically see, do we see all CDI specialists coming from a clinical background? Well, no, I don't necessarily think that at all. Um, I think that regardless of what background you come from, CDI is CDI. Now, everybody sees through the eyes of their experience, right? So for an example, I am from a clinical background. My background is completely intensive care, critical care medicine. So for me, seeing through the eyes of CDI, I'm going to look at a case and maybe I see a sepsis case that is a two-day stay. I'm not thinking that's 
I'm not buying into the sepsis paradigm with that right off the bat without digging into the clinical indicators of the case. Because for me, everybody is usually dying and they have severe sepsis in an ICU type of setting. So again, if you're from a non-clinical background, let's, let's just say you're from an HIM related background and let's just say you're a coder, you're going to be really on top of that working DRG and identifying the clinical indicators that are going to allow you to know when to query. So they're going to be really well versed in how things need to be stated because they're married to those coding conventions and their prior role, right? So they won't have that to, to worry about, but they may have to learn other things. But again, going back full circle to that clinical side, even if you are from the clinical side, that does not mean that you don't have to catch up on things because the way we look at things at the bedside is very different than the way we have to look at things in CDI, in the real-time world. I don't care what the doctor calls it if I put my bedside hat on. I, I don't care what you document it. I, you know, if my patient is in CHF, if they're exacerbating, you know, and they're having a hard time breathing, then give me my Lasix. That's what I want as a bedside clinician. If I'm in the CDI hat, if I put that hat on and I'm in that role, then now I do care. So we have to learn about a whole different way of viewing the medical world, the coding world, and again, that legal component with you know, the compliance piece because queries are considered part of that legal record. And we do have a very strong set of ethics because we are tied to the finances um, or can be, I should say, as I alluded to in the very beginning with your first question. So I think there's a lot of challenges going back to that, but I don't think that it has to be that hard if we provide the structure for training and then organizations can adapt it to their culture and what they need for their organizations, they can add those pieces on. But if CDIs already have that foundation, that's a really good start for everyone. Yeah, I love that you brought up that example about how the focus is different when you're at the bedside versus when you're in CDI, because that's something you explained to me, uh, I don't know, a few months back maybe, when I was having trouble understanding um, some CDI concepts and it just really is like you said putting a different hat on and taking an, a new approach to this so what what tips do you have for a new CDI specialist that's going through the onboarding and training process because I gotta imagine it's it can't be easy no because usually no matter where you come from with your past experience, most people have built up a confidence level within their role. So once you enter into the world of CDI, all that confidence goes away, or pretty much of it does for the average person. It's a very rare person who says, oh, no, I got this and you know, no problem. I'm ready to roll. You know, that's, that, that's not usually what we see. So my first tip would be just relax. Know that... Um, you're probably going to get comfortable being uncomfortable for the first year. Um, it doesn't have to be painful. I'm not trying to shy anyone away. I love the specialty, but, you know, sometimes we do have growing pains. Um, it usually takes, like I mentioned, a year, year and a half before we really start feeling like, okay, I got this. I really understand the role better and better the longer I'm in it. And then again, you know, you want to 
keep those concepts in front of you. We talk a lot about critical thinking, and we also talk a lot about the differences between the coding role and the CDI role from the perspective of if you come from an HIM background, you may be used to looking at what was documented and then applying your skill set from that point on. But when you come into CDI, there's a gray aspect where each case has to stand on its own and no two patients are going to be exactly alike, nor are they going to respond to treatment, to lab values in exactly the same way. So you have to be a little malleable in the way that you approach it. For example, let's go back to that CHF example. If I have a patient, let's say that uh, there's a BNP lab test that measures a peptide secreted with the stretching of the ventricles. That's what that lab value is for. And that kind of goes along with that exacerbated CHF state because you would expect additional fluid in that compartment to be stretching some things. So we expect it to be about over 100 is usually where we're at. Well, if a patient comes in and let's say their lab value is 85, but they're wheezing audibly, I can hear a lot of ronchi. If I look at the nurse's notes, I say I because I'm clinical, so I go into that role very easily. But if I look at the documentation, look at the actual nursing notes, and see Ronchi. And if I see that, you know, maybe they have a CVP line, which measures the central venous pressure in the thoracic cavity where your heart and lungs live. If that pressure is elevated, I know that that patient is in it and I'm not going to ignore that. They're treating it with IV Lasix. Urine output decreases. So they give a Foley, they diurese the patient and voila, the patient improves. That's a classic example or a clinical picture, if you will, of what an exacerbation of CHF would look like in a patient. So that 85 level for that lab value is not going to thwart me from ensuring or even sending a clarification if I don't have the exact verbiage that I need with that documentation. So that's where it gets a little gray. It's not finite. We don't say, oh, you know, your lab didn't meet 100. Therefore, you know, you're not in CHF. That's not our role. We wouldn't do that even as a as a bedside nurse, we probably wouldn't, hopefully would not do that. So you have to, you have to look at things from that 10,000 foot view. So you have to get used to studying. You never stop studying in this role. I learn something new all the time and I love it. I, that's one of the things that I love about CDI, but the more you know about pathophysiology, the more you're going to be able to identify in the documentation. And that's a really important thing. And then there's changing, I call it the changing of the guard. So the guidelines change every year. There's final rules, updates, all the codes can change. What's classified as a CC or an MCC can change. So you have to stay on top of that. But when you very first begin, if you know all that walking into it, it's not as overwhelming. And then what I usually start new CDIs off on is, you know, what are the, the top, just pick the top 10 or start with the top five if you're overwhelmed, you know, just start out with baby steps. Look at what are the organization that you're employed with? What's their top denied diagnoses? It's probably going to be the same as everybody else, you know, sepsis, your encephalopathies, your respiratory failure, even heart failure can can get in there, even though that's not, um, it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Um, 
and then learn what conditions are classified as CCs and MCCs that you see very frequently in the environment that you're working in as a CDI. Um, if you're in the outpatient side, you know, that's a little bit different. So I'm specific to the inpatient as I'm speaking here. And then always know why you're sending a clarification. You know, don't do it because your mentor told, oh, go ahead and send a clarification on that. And you don't understand why. You have to know what it's going to do for your case. Play in those alphabetic index and tabular list, your encoder software. Play around with that. Look at your working DRG as a work in progress. You know, plug in the condition that you're going to clarify. See what it does. See what it does when you add it. See what it does when you take it out. You know, that, that'll give you more information, and then you'll have more questions that you can ask, you know, arising from that information. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Thank you for sharing so much of your experience and your perspective. I know there's a lot of new CDIs out there that will benefit from just hearing that little, those few tips that you just gave. Carla, um, can and I then can I add just one more? Yeah. I, re I referred to my prior work history as my past life, right? So in that past work life, I trained a lot of new CDI specialists over, over the years. And I can say, I would say probably 99.99% of every new CDI that I've ever trained I usually would tell them in my onboarding when I would begin that, now don't be surprised if in six months or so you want to leave, you want to quit, you, you're not jiving with this for whatever reason, but don't do that. Try to give it a year, push through that. And everybody always says to me, oh, that's not going to happen to me. I am gung, I am sold, I'm in, I'm there, you know, they're really, they're really excited, you know, and then usually four or five months goes around and now I see a little bit of less enthusiasm, <laughs> a deer in the headlight look, and then I get the call, boy, you were right. I'm really glad that you warned me about that because there is a point where it does get overwhelming and it does feel like you're never going to get it. But I promise you, if you just push past that fear, they will get to a huge reward because you will be confident. You will feel good about what you're doing. And there's a lot of room for growth for the more years you're into it, especially as CDI keeps growing and changing. So I think that's an important piece to talk about up front. Definitely. I think it's very important to acknowledge that, like we said earlier, there is a steep learning curve, but it's doable. And if you, if you stick with it, it clicks eventually. So we, it sure does. <laughs> we do just have a few minutes left. I want to switch gears quickly. Um, so for some of our listeners may not know, but obviously you're an instructor and an expert with us, Dawn. You've got your hands in so many different things, but we're so excited that you're going to be making your author debut this fall with the CDI specialist training guide. It's going to be the third edition, but um, what I do want to make clear is that, Don, you totally blew this book up. This is not a revision. This is a totally new look at this content, at this training guide, and we're so excited about it. Can you talk a little bit about your process? You've got so much knowledge of, of CDI, and there's so many nuances. How did you sift through all that 
and break down what was most important to include in this training guide? Well, again, you know, I, I go back, I, I always go by the phrase, never forget where you came from. And I remember how I felt as a new CDI, and I think that's important for educators and people who mentor and train to keep in mind. But at the same time, uh, my hope for this book was to really lay a systematic approach for laying that foundation. And it is a little challenging writing a book for clinical documentation such as this one because there's so many concepts that overlap. And if I introduce one concept that hasn't been talked about yet, you know, there's, it, it can be a little bit of a challenge. So I just went through and I looked at it as, okay, the very first thing we need is the ground level foundation. What is clinical documentation? For many, it's very ambiguous. So I wanted to really spell that out. I categorized, I broke it down into three main categories. I'm not going to give away every detail of the book, but that's how it's starting. And then the next thing you need is, okay, now that we have the foundation, what's the next thing that we need to understand? And I think the coding piece is such a huge piece of what we do. While we're not training anyone to become a professional coder, we do need to know enough to identify query opportunities because that really is one of the major points of becoming a CDI specialist is to identify when documentation should be clarified and which things can be let go. So, you know, as I went through the chapters, I just kind of built in tandem with that in mind. I wanted to make that onboarding process not just easier for the CDI specialist that's new to, to the industry, but also for the experienced CDI specialist who may want to freshen up. We've got some that left during the pandemic. We've got some that are coming back. We've got some that want to come back in a part-time way, which is becoming a little more popular in our industry these days. So there's all kinds of conglomerations of how you can arrive to the role, your years of experience. And I wanted to make it as a refresher for those experienced CDIs, as well as help the CDI educators, mentors, and trainers out there, whatever role you may have, in providing that foundational piece that they can then tailor from there all the, you know, the, the specifics that go with their specific organization. And that was really my hope and how I designed this book that, um, that you've been so graciously editing for me. And then you yourself, you know, reading it and we would go back and forth on concepts. And that was a really great way to let me know um, things that I might need to say more about, for example. Yeah, I, I have been very lucky to be the editor on this book and to work so closely with you on it. Um, I think it's definitely been a benefit that I only have about a year and a half of CDI knowledge or, um, under my belt. So this was a great way to sort of test out if the concepts were being, which concepts were being explained it's super in-depth, maybe too in-depth, which ones need more info. Um, it's been it's been a really great partnership that I'm really have been excited about and I've enjoyed. And I, one of the things that I love that you've done is you've really fostered a connection between the new CDI specialist and their educator or mentor. Throughout the book, there's all these different ways you're encouraging that interaction and that relationship, whether it be specific exercises you recommend the CDI specialist 
engage in or specific questions they ask their mentor about that I just love that that's peppered throughout the book because it's really going to encourage the new CDI specialist to foster that relationship. Yeah, and Carla, I want to echo your sentiment. I think I'm the lucky one because you've got a lot of knowledge. I mean, you you jumped in and you embraced it and you're at that time frame where you really do have a tremendous amount of knowledge in CDI and yet it's been a year and a half. So you still remember what it's like being that you know new person into the industry. And I think that combination really helped with this book so that we could keep our eyes on the prize, so to speak. It is geared for the new CDI to the industry. It's not exclusive to that, but that is the, the thrust. And to your point, you know, the CDI tips we gave would be something to the effect of, you know, I'd be talking about a subject and then ask your clinical educator, mentor, trainer, whoever it may be, you know, X, Y, Z about how you guys handle it within your organization. So it, it ties, it brings up the ideas and it ties in that educator component and gives the questions to ask. You don't know what you don't know when you start anywhere, but especially in industries such as this, which is pretty vast. So I liked it. (laughs) And again, this book is going to be titled The CDI Specialist Training Guide, Third Edition. So be on the lookout for Dawn's writing debut late this fall. Um, But unfortunately, that is all we have time for today, Dawn. I really appreciate all the information you shared about the onboarding process. And thank you for indulging me and chatting a little bit about your book. As always, if our audience has any questions about this topic, you can feel <laughs> you can feel free to email the Actus team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. We'll also put that email in today's show notes so you can grab it from there. Again, thank you so much, Don. Now it's time for the Actus update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. We're so excited to announce that the call for speakers for the 2023 Actus Conference is currently open. This year, we hope to plant the seeds in CDI programs across the country that will help them to grow and flourish into everything they want them to be. We'd like to extend that opportunity to you to help plant those seeds for CDI growth. Interested in speaking at the 2023 Actus Conference? Being a speaker at the Actus National Conference provides many benefits, including free admission, Actus Conference speakers receive free registration for the conference. Collaborate with a colleague and you can both attend for free. There's also the opportunity to advance your professional development, share your knowledge, and give back to the profession. Sessions are approximately one hour in length and consist of a 45-minute presentation followed by 15 minutes of Q&A. Please prepare your session title, description of the session, and three to five learning objectives before you begin your application. If you plan to have two speakers, please be sure to have your co-presenter's information ready when you begin the application. Two speakers total for each selected session will receive complimentary registration to the conference. The 2023 Actus National Conference takes place Monday, May 8th through Thursday, May 11th, 2023 at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago and will offer five tracks of unparalleled education over three extraordinary days. That's more than 50 opportunities to nourish your professional soul, fertilize plans for your career growth, cultivate your staff, and see your CDI program blossom. 
And if you're thinking about joining us as a speaker, don't wait. There's less than a month left to get your application in. The deadline for all applications is August 19th. We hope to see you in Chicago, and we certainly hope to see you on the podium. As always, you can find the link for more information, as well as the link to the application in today's show notes. That brings us to the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, August 3rd for our next show, which is part of our Actus Happy Hour series. Join Linnea, Jess, and I for a sneak peek at our plans for CDI week, as well as some other projects we're working on. You can listen to the show at any time on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you'd take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazar, both obtained from the Free Music Archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. Until next time, take care, everyone.